Section One of Essays of Robert Louis Stevenson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Geeson. Essays of Robert Louis Stevenson. Section One on the enjoyment of unpleasant places it is a difficult matter to make the most of any given place and we have much in our own power things looked at patiently from one side after another generally end by showing a side that is beautiful a few months ago some words were said in the portfolio as to an austere regimen in scenery and such a discipline was then recommended as healthful and strengthening to the taste that is the text so to speak of the present essay this discipline in scenery it must be understood is something more than a mere walk before breakfast to whet the appetite for when we are put down in some unsightly neighbourhood and especially if we have come to be more or less dependent on what we see we must set ourselves to hunt out beautiful things with all the ardour and patience of a botanist after a rare plant day by day we perfect ourselves in the art of seeing nature more favourably we learn to live with her as people learn to live with fretful or violent spouses to dwell lovingly on what is good and shut our eyes against all that is bleak or inharmonious we learn also to come to each place in the right spirit the traveller as brantome quaintly tells us fait des discours en soi pour se soutenir en chemin and into these discourses he weaves something out of all that he sees and suffers by the way they take their tone greatly from the varying character of the scene a sharp ascent brings different thoughts from a level road and the man's fancies grow lighter as he comes out of the wood into a clearing nor does the scenery any more affect the thoughts than the thoughts affect the scenery we see places through our humours as though differently coloured glasses we are ourselves a term in the equation a note of the chord and make discord or harmony almost at will there is no fear for the result if we can but surrender ourselves sufficiently to the country that surrounds and follows us so that we are ever thinking suitable thoughts or telling ourselves some suitable sort of story as we go we become thus in some sense a centre of beauty we are provocative of beauty 
much as a gentle and sincere character is provocative of sincerity and gentleness in others and even where there is no harmony to be elicited by the quickest and most obedient of spirits we may still embellish a place with some attraction of romance we may learn to go far afield for associations and handle them lightly when we have found them sometimes an old print comes to our aid i have seen many a spot lit up at once with picturesque imaginations by a reminiscence of callot or sadler or paul brill dick turpin has been my lay figure for many an english lane and i suppose the trossachs would hardly be the trossachs for most tourists if a man of admirable romantic instinct had not peopled it for them with harmonious figures and brought them thither their minds rightly prepared for the impression there is half the battle in this preparation for instance i have rarely been able to visit in the proper spirit the wild and inhospitable places of our own highlands i am happier where it is tame and fertile and not readily pleased without trees i understand that there are some phases of mental trouble that harmonize well with such surroundings and that some persons by the dispensing power of the imagination can go back several centuries in spirit and put themselves into sympathy with the hunted houseless unsociable way of life that was in its place upon these savage hills now when i am sad i like nature to charm me out of my sadness like david before saul and the thought of these past ages strikes nothing in me but an unpleasant pity so that i can never hit on the right humour for this sort of landscape and lose much pleasure in consequence still even here if i were only let alone and time enough were given i should have all manner of pleasure and take many clear and beautiful images away with me when i left when we cannot think ourselves into sympathy with the great features of a country we learn to ignore them and put our head among the grass for flowers or pour for long times together over the changeful current of a stream we come down to the sermon in stones when we are shut out from any poem in the spread landscape we begin to peep and botanize we take an interest in birds and insects we find many things beautiful in miniature the reader will recollect the little summer scene in wuthering heights the one warm scene perhaps in all that powerful miserable novel and the great feature that is made therein by grasses and flowers and a little sunshine 
this is in the spirit of which i now speak and lastly we can go indoors interiors are sometimes as beautiful often more picturesque than the shows of the open air and they have that quality of shelter of which i shall presently have more to say with all this in mind i have often been tempted to put forth the paradox that any place is good enough to live a life in while it is only in a few and those highly favoured that we can pass a few hours agreeably for if we only stay long enough we become at home in the neighbourhood reminiscences spring up like flowers about uninteresting corners we forget to some degree the superior loveliness of other places and fall into a tolerant and sympathetic spirit which is its own reward and justification looking back the other day on some recollections of my own i was astonished to find how much i owed to such a residence six weeks in one unpleasant countryside had done more it seemed to quicken and educate my sensibilities than many years in places that jumped more nearly with my inclination the country to which i refer was a level and treeless plateau over which the winds cut like a whip for miles on miles it was the same a river indeed fell into the sea near the town where i resided but the valley of the river was shallow and bald for as far up as ever i had the heart to follow it there were roads certainly but roads that had no beauty or interest for as there was no timber and but little irregularity of surface you saw your whole walk exposed to you from the beginning there was nothing left to fancy nothing to expect nothing to see by the wayside save here and there an unhomely-looking homestead and here and there a solitary spectacled stone-breaker and you were only accompanied as you went doggedly forward by the gaunt telegraph posts and the hum of the resonant wires in the keen sea wind to one who has learned to know their song in warm pleasant places by the mediterranean it seemed to taunt the country and make it still bleaker by suggested contrast even the waste places by the side of the road were not as hawthorne liked to put it taken back to nature by any decent covering of vegetation wherever the land had the chance it seemed to lie fallow there is a certain tawny nudity of the south bare sunburnt plains coloured like a lion and hills clothed only in the blue transparent air but this was of another description this was the nakedness of the north 
the earth seemed to know that it was naked and was ashamed and cold it seemed to be always blowing on that coast indeed this had passed into the speech of the inhabitants and they saluted each other when they met with breezy breezy instead of the customary fine day of farther south these continual winds were not like the harvest breeze that just keeps an equable pressure against your face as you walk and serves to set all the trees talking over your head or bring round you the smell of the wet surface of the country after a shower they were of the bitter hard persistent sort that interferes with sight and respiration and makes the eyes sore even such winds as these have their own merit in proper time and place it is pleasant to see them brandish great masses of shadow and what a power they have over the colour of the world how they ruffle the solid woodlands in their passage and make them shudder and whiten like a single willow there is nothing more vertiginous than a wind like this among the woods with all its sights and noises and the effect gets between some painters and their sober eyesight so that even when the rest of their picture is calm the foliage is coloured like foliage in a gale there was nothing however of this sort to be noticed in a country where there were no trees and hardly any shadows save the passive shadows and clouds or those of rigid houses and walls but the wind was nevertheless an occasion of pleasure for nowhere could you taste more fully the pleasure of a sudden lull or a place of opportune shelter the reader knows what i mean he must remember how when he has sat himself down behind a dyke on a hillside he delighted to hear the wind hiss vainly through the crannies at his back how his body tingled all over with warmth and it began to dawn upon him with a sort of slow surprise that the country was beautiful the heather purple and the far-away hills all marbled with sun and shadow wordsworth in a beautiful passage of the prelude has used this as a figure for the feeling struck in us by the quiet by-streets of london after the uproar of the great thoroughfares and the comparison may be turned the other way with as good effect meanwhile the roar continues till at length escaped as from an enemy we turn abruptly into some sequestered nook still as a sheltered place when winds blow loud i remember meeting a man once in a train who told me of what must have been quite the most perfect instance of this pleasure of escape 
he had gone up one sunny windy morning to the top of a great cathedral somewhere abroad i think it was cologne cathedral the great unfinished marvel by the rhine and after a long while in dark stairways he issued at last into the sunshine on a platform high above the town at that elevation it was quite still and warm the gale was only in the lower strata of the air and he had forgotten it in the quiet interior of the church and during his long ascent and so you may judge of his surprise when resting his arms on the sunlit balustrade and looking over into the platz far below him he saw the good people holding on their hats and leaning hard against the wind as they walked there is something to my fancy quite perfect in this little experience of my fellow-travellers the ways of men seem always very trivial to us when we find ourselves alone on a church-top with the blue sky and a few tall pinnacles and see far below us the steep roofs and foreshortened buttresses and the silent activity of the city streets but how much more must they not have seemed so to him as he stood not only above other men's busyness but above other men's climate in a golden zone like apollo's this was the sort of pleasure i found in the country of which i write the pleasure was to be out of the wind and to keep it in memory all the time and hug oneself upon the shelter and it was only by the sea that any such sheltered places were to be found between the black worm-eaten headlands there are little bights and havens well screened from the wind and the commotion of the external sea where the sand and weeds look up into the gazer's face from a depth of tranquil water and the sea-birds screaming and flickering from the ruined crags alone disturb the silence and the sunshine one such place has impressed itself on my memory beyond all others on a rock by the water's edge old fighting men of the norse breed had planted a double castle the two stood wall to wall like semi-detached villas and yet feud had run so high between their owners that one from out of a window shot the other as he stood in his own doorway there is something in the juxtaposition of these two enemies full of tragic irony it is grim to think of bearded men and bitter women taking hateful counsel together about the two hall fires at night when the sea boomed against the foundations and the wild winter wind was loose over the battlements and in the study 
we may reconstruct for ourselves some pale figure of what life then was not so when we are there when we are there such thoughts come to us only to intensify a contrary impression and association is turned against itself i remember walking thither three afternoons in succession my eyes weary with being set against the wind and how dropping suddenly over the edge of the down i found myself in a new world of warmth and shelter the wind from which i had escaped as from an enemy was seemingly quite local it carried no clouds with it and came from such a quarter that it did not trouble the sea within view the two castles black and ruinous as the rocks about them were still distinguishable from these by something more insecure and fantastic in the outline something that the last storm had left imminent and the next would demolish entirely it would be difficult to render in words the sense of peace that took possession of me on these three afternoons it was helped out as i have said by the contrast the shore was battered and bemauled by previous tempests i had the memory at heart of the insane strife of the pygmies who had erected these two castles and lived in them in mutual distrust and enmity and knew i had only to put my head out of this little cup of shelter to find the hard wind blowing in my eyes and yet there were the two great tracts of motionless blue air and peaceful sea looking on unconcerned and apart at the turmoil of the present moment and the memorials of the precarious past there is ever something transitory and fretful in the impression of a high wind under a cloudless sky it seems to have no root in the constitution of things it must speedily begin to faint and wither away like a cut flower and on those days the thought of the wind and the thought of human life came very near together in my mind our noisy years did indeed seem moments in the being of the eternal silence and the wind in the face of that great field of stationary blue was as the wind of a butterfly's wing the placidity of the sea was a thing likewise to be remembered shelley speaks of the sea as hungering for calm and in this place one learned to understand the phrase looking down into these green waters from the broken edge of the rock or swimming leisurely in the sunshine it seemed to me that they were enjoying their own tranquillity and when now and again it was disturbed by a wind-ripple on the surface 
or the quick black passage of a fish far below they settled back again one could fancy with relief on shore too in the little nook of shelter everything was so subdued and still that the least particular struck in me a pleasurable surprise the desultory crackling of the whin-pods in the afternoon sun usurped the ear the hot sweet breath of the bank that had been saturated all day long with sunshine and now exhaled it into my face was like the breath of a fellow-creature i remember that i was haunted by two lines of french verse in some dumb way they seemed to fit my surroundings and give expression to the contentment that was in me and i kept repeating to myself mon coeur est un lutte suspendu sitôt qu'on le touche il résonne my heart is hung up like a lute at the first touch it resounds i can give no reason why these lines came to me at this time and for that very cause i repeat them here for all i know they may serve to complete the impression in the mind of the reader as they were certainly a part of it for me and this happened to me in the place of all others where i liked least to stay when i think of it i grow ashamed of my own ingratitude out of the strong came forth sweetness there in the bleak and gusty north i received perhaps my strongest impression of peace i saw the sea to be great and calm and the earth in that little corner was all alive and friendly to me so wherever a man is he will find something to please and pacify him in the town he will meet pleasant faces of men and women and see beautiful flowers at a window or hear a cage bird singing at the corner of the gloomiest street and for the country there is no country without some amenity let him only look for it in the right spirit and he will surely find end of section one recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey